Welcome to Bad Sports. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Eric Grundy. With me is Mark Bradford. Hello, hello. That's you too. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. The week is almost over. We hope you've had a fantastic week. We have a big episode. We did not publish one on Monday. We're going to cram two into one. We had a technical issue. We were on our last fucking segment, 100 minutes in. And my. Six, I think. Yeah, we had a long one. Was it really that long? Dude, it was 100 minutes. I thought we. And it crashed. My computer crashed. So. We're taking precautions now. We're doing 200 minutes tonight. Yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna double it. <laughs> so buckle up. Gonna be a lot of dead air though, cause yeah, a lot of dead air. But we're starting off with some inspiration, and uh, we want to send you off on a high note and your and your weekend. And look at the real quick before I play this. Look, look at the <laughs> just uh, look at these guys. Look how stoic. <laughs> he almost looks <laughs> photoshopped in. All right, so we're going to begin with our sports quote of the day. I wish you guys nothing but best. The ceiling is the roof. Let's make it happen. I don't know what that means. Congratulations. Uh, That guy's just like, what? Play it one more time. I wish you guys nothing but best. The ceiling is the roof. Let's make it and, and I know I like pausing it and just looking at their faces and like look at this guy's face. Like. He's like, "Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, makes a lot of sense." You can't say anything to him though. He's Michael fucking Jordan. No, he'll have you killed. He'll buy you. He'll have you killed just like his father. <laughs> he'll, he'll buy you. Uh, look at this guy. I just noticed. Look at his face. Michael Jordan. <laughs> That's MJ right there. I'm hungry. <laughs> They're all in I jeans. Think, Why are they all wearing jeans? Because they're from North Carolina. Well, there's some of them are wearing khakis. I think, um, you know, maybe he got caught up in the moment. I say stupid stuff all the time, I think as he's you just, know. I think he's an athlete and not a, a writer, so. Well, just not all athletes are dumb, man. That's a common misconception. I mean. Some you, of them are fucking doctors. Did you watch uh, The Last Dance? Yeah, actually. Uh, he said some pretty, like. Oh, I would. <laughs> I think his most like his noticeable quote is like. I thought I, you were talking about that. that romance. Movie. No, the fucking you stupid asshole. <laughs> no, the the documentary about Michael Jordan. You're not talking about that film from the '90s. <laughs> Save the Last Dance. Yeah. No, it's a great movie though. Now I know what you're talking about. I don't know why that's what it I was thought. Pretty good. Oh, the Last Dance. I did watch that. What were you referring to about that though? Uh, he, I mean, he had some pretty some, memorable stuff that he said in that. Some great memes came out of that too. And I took that personally. <laughs> I think he just kind of goofed. I don't think he's like dumb, but I th- I think he tried to be too original and like he should have just said the sky's the limit. That's I, that's all I can think of when he was like the ceiling's the roof. I don't know, man. I mean, he's no Sean Patrick Thomas, who played Derek in Save the Last Dance. <laughs> wow. Wow, you, you Googled that real quick. Uh, yeah, dude, that's what phones are for. All right. Oh, Save the Last Dance too. I think I'll check that out. <laughs> 
Well, speaking of MJ, we're going to jump right into the NBA playoffs. Round oh, two. Dollar, dollar, dollar is in the East, the Bucks versus the Celtics. I will take, I'll take the blame, or not the blame, I'll, I'll admit I was wrong. I selected the Bucks to go all the way. And uh, Mark, yeah, tell us what Who happened. Who the hell did I pick again? I forgot, man. For Most of my life NBA, is just um, forgotten memories. And Who did you pick? Sweet nothings. I think you picked the Warriors to win it all. Mm, no, I think I picked. I don't think I would have picked that. That's too. That's not me. <laughs> who are the Heat? I don't know who you picked. Yeah, the Heat. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's the Heat. All right. Let's do some game six. Game six. Celtics first Bucks. Celtics take it one hundred six ninety five. Tatum going off forty three minutes, forty six points, nine rebounds, four assists. Jalen Brown. 41 minutes, 22 points, five rebounds, four assists, and Marcus Smart, who's turning into such a well-rounded player. That, I just remembered. That, that was, was our bad sports, sports moment. moment. Yeah. Yay. We, uh, yeah. I'll pull it up in a little bit. We'll play it in a little bit. Yeah, uh, when he pushed that He shoved guy. some uh, Texas Tech fan in college. And, um, he kind of had a bad reputation coming into the NBA. But I don't give a damn on my reputation. I don't think... I don't think that affected him at all. I think he's really growing into a really solid player. Like, he's, he's really stepping up for the Celtics. Anyways, continue. Uh, yeah. Uh, Giannis for the Bucks, 41 minutes, 44 points, 20 rebounds. Man, he just seems unstoppable. He's the only, seems like the only player of the series that you can rely on for the Bucks. Yeah, I think that's kind of why they lost, honestly. It's just because... What I was saying, the problem was for the the Wait, we uh, haven't Grizzlies. gotten to Game 7 yet. You can't tell them they lost. Okay. Spoiler yeah, alert. I think I did. Actually, already. just kidding. They already saw it. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Drew Holiday, 42 minutes, 17 points, two assists. Um, tie, that one tied the series at 3-3. Now we're going on to Game 7, which was, what, last night? Two nights ago. That was, um, <clears throat> I believe, Sunday. Yeah, we're living in the past on this episode. Yes. Sunday. The Celtics uh, won 109 some, to 81. Then that sealed the deal. They, took the series 4 me, 3. Fucked him up. Uh, Giannis fucked going. Up. Sorry. Giannis doing big things again. Double double, 25 points, 20 rebounds. Mm-hmm. Holiday again, 41 points. Or sorry, 41 minutes, 21 points. Brooks Lopez, 37 minutes, 15 points, 10 rebounds. Double double there. Not going to be enough to get past the Celtics. Williams, 39 minutes, 27 points, 6 rebounds. Tatum, 23 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists. And uh, Jalen Brown, 37 minutes, 19 points, 8 rebounds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a shocker for me, especially I thought it was going to be another close one. I had a feeling it was going to go to Game 7, but I just thought that the Bucs were going to Did you really? take it with their experience. You were th- thinking about a repeat. Mm-hmm. Moving along. Um, yeah, let's talk about the Mavericks and the Suns. That is well, we like got my the heat. new... We got the Heat and oh, the 76ers yeah. still, yeah, talk too, about man. That. Talk yeah, about that. Talk yeah. about that. Uh, heat win game six and the series 99-9. Jimmy Butler going 43 minutes, 32 points, eight rebounds. He's just been hotter than a pistol. Do you remember that? Oh, I like that. <laughs> Dude, side note. Do you remember a long time ago, it was like a high school game, and the team had a special needs, like equipment manager, 
and they let him play the last night, and it just starts raining threes. You never no, saw I that? I don't remember Dude, that. Dude, he's raining threes. He hit like five threes in a row, and everyone's like, <laughs> and they interviewed him at they interviewed him at the end of the game. He's like, oh, I don't know. I was just as hot as a pistol. <laughs> so I've been saying hot as a pistol. <laughs> I'm going to find that. Yeah, but hot as a pistol. Okay. Uh, Struss, 40 minutes, 20 points, 11 rebounds, double-double watch. P.J. Tucker, 39 minutes, 12 points, 9 rebounds. I always like when you're close to a double-double. Um, 76ers, Joel Embiid, 44 minutes, 20 points, 12 rebounds. Again, still not going to be enough. Harden, really lackluster performance, 43 minutes. To play 43 minutes and only get 11 points, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, and Maxi, 42 points, or 42 minutes, 20 points, 3 rebounds. He takes oh, series 4-2. damn it. What? You know, I just feel bad for the Sixers. I was really pulling for. I don't, man. Joel fuck Embiid. Philly. Man. I, I, uh, fuck Philly, but yeah, it's kind of love hate. I I respect Joel Embiid. I like him as a player. The city itself of Philadelphia. I'm just like, meh. City of brotherly love. Rocky. Just, like, they worship a. The they worship a fake person. They built a statue <laughs> after of a fake person. <laughs> Their fans are pretty ruthless, especially with the the Flyers. Yo, cheesesteaks are good, though, dude. <laughs> I respect. I have a lot of respect for uh, Joel Embiid. I wanted to see him go far. And I'm if, glad they got rid of Ben Simmons, but I think it was pretty disappointing to see James Harden perform the way he did. I also, I don't know. I think it's kind of, look. it's easy to look at the stats and be like, wow, he sucks. But... But he doesn't suck. That's why he should score more points. Yeah, he doesn't. So maybe he he's didn't just, have I the right opportunities. I don't know. You, you think he just gave up and just didn't try? Think he's just collecting a paycheck? It's a fucking big old fat paycheck. I don't know. Do you think he's going to be on the on the go soon? Or do you think he's, that's his home? He's like a journeyman. I don't think he has a home, really. It was in Houston. No, it's not. Mm. Uh, what is this? Let's move on to the Western Conference. Excuse me, had to burp. Game six, Warriors win 110 to 96. Curry, yeah. 40 minutes, 29 points, seven rebounds. Thompson, 42 minutes, 30 points, eight rebounds. It's good to see Clay Thompson. He's back. Being Clay Thompson. I was worried for a minute. I was worried that he was going to kind of fade away. Well, I mean, the sunset. I think he's going to have that injury. He's going to linger with him for a while and. Well, it's surely you know, it's, not affecting him right now. Well, the Warriors are back. Well, no, but same. I'm thinking it could be like a Derrick Rose type of thing where he'll just never. I mean, he'll have moments of glory, but mm-hmm. probably, probably. And it's, good it's on, probably always at the back of their mind. He's good an injury on the, risk. Good on the Grizzlies. I just want to say, even with John Morant out, I was very impressed. Just really surprised on how well they did without him. And it showed me that, hey, they actually are a good team. I think at one point I was saying that they aren't shit without Javarant. But they really held their own for a little bit. Without him, yeah, they still lost to the Warriors. The Warriors, in my opinion, are the favorites to win it. Uh, I picked the Bucks to win, but I also I have a pretty strong feeling that the Warriors are going to go far, at least to the finals. They had a tall task, and they held their own. I think they surprised a lot of people by even winning some games. The Grizzlies are going to be a force in the future, and their fans should be excited for what's to come. And good on John Morant. Hopefully his knee heals up and he comes back stronger. 
That was a fun series. All right. Uh, go on to the Maverick. You know what? It was a a lot of players did step up with Morant being gone. Brooks thirty points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bain twenty five points. You know who the Warriors really need to stop Bain? Who's that? Batman. LeBron James. No, Batman. <laughs> I thought we got rid of the LeBron James one. No, it's oh, still we brought there. it back. Yeah. Sweet. Welcome yeah. back, LeBron. Let's dive into the Mavericks and Suns let's series because I really want to talk about the rivalry that's brewing between Doncic and Booker. I mean, just the Mavs and the Suns in general. You got that. Chris got Chris Ball freaking out on the fan that was touching his family, which, you know, that is fucked up. But, like, and then you got that clip going viral of uh, Booker, like, slapping the ball out of Doncic's, Doncic's, Doncic's hand. Dude, Doncic's. Seen that, since you've been saying it, in my head, I always read it as Doncic. Is it Donchich's? It's say, possessive. Donchich's hand. Donchich's hand. Donchich's. That's say like that saying twice. edited yep. it. That's a weird one to say. Edited it. Yeah, there's a viral video of uh, Donchich trying to hand the ball off, and Booker just like slaps it out of his God, hand. Totally unnecessary. Just like, I don't know. Everyone's just kind of shitting on or roasting Booker for it, but you can tell there's some tension there. I think. Uh, even Doncic, like, yeah, you could read his lips. I think he was like saying "pussy ass," like he pussy was talking ass. shit. But he, well, pussy ass, so half game white six, boy. The Mavericks fucking smoked him, one thirteen to eighty six, foreshadowing for what's to come. And what was it? Uh, Saturday? No, Sunday. A lot of people. I believe I. I actually thought I seen a video. On my ESPN app, where it said like Stephen A. says, "There's no way the Suns will lose to the Mavs. They got them in, in Game Seven, and the Mavericks destroyed the Suns, 123 to 90. Doncic put up 35 points, 10 rebounds. The Suns nowhere to be found. None of their star players showed up. That uh, it's surprising to me. Yeah, I actually thought really the Suns. I thought it was stat gonna, line. I thought I was going to be, excuse me, the Suns and the Warriors for sure in the Western Finals. So it's, it's like big players like Booker and Chris oh Paul. Oh, my God, look at this. Having the old James Harden where they go 37 minutes, 11 points. Chris Paul only scored 10. Booker at 11. So yeah. you got Crowder, 5 points. Bridges, 6 points. Aiton, 5 points. Um, what, Johnson, 12. That was it. That was the highest... Stat line of the night right there, 12 points. Look at these minutes. 33 minutes for six points. Right. Come on, man. Three for 11 on the field. Jesus Christ. That's why they lost right there. Three for 11 from the field is not mm-hmm. very good. I'm not good at math, but that doesn't sound good. No. It's not horrible in baseball, though. And you know what? Doncic still led the way with the Mavericks. He had Brunson short, like, Somewhat behind him with 24 points, but the rest was still like it was six, five, five. Uh, God, some of the people on the bench didn't even have any points. It was like, th- wait, what? Oh, Dinwiddle. Dinwiddle. Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. I thought that was an L. Dinwiddle. <laughs> That's what a, a new funny one. name. Dinwiddie. That is he a put new up one. 30 points. That came out of nowhere. Look at that guy. Yeah, dude, Spencer Dinwiddie. 25 minutes, 11 for 15, 30 points. There we go. There we go, Dinwiddie. Damn, more than what Booker put up. That's a fun name to say, Dinwiddie. They, that was a shocker. I mean, they didn't just beat the Suns. They fucked them up. They sent a message. 
Hit him right in his little Dinwiddie. <laughs> you in there playing with your Dinwiddie again, son? <laughs> play, with your Dinw- play with your Dinwiddie too much, go blind. Oh, and uh, yeah, let's jump into the current playoff situation right now. We got the Heat <laughs> and the Celtics. Jimmy Buckets goes off Jimmy for 41 Buckets. points. That's a good name. I think he likes I it. I saw it from uh, Famous Los, whatever, that basketball guy. I think it seems like Famous Los. Uh-huh. Some, some basketball guy. He calls him Jimmy Buckets. Uh, they won. So the Heat beat the Celtics 118-107. to 107. Jason Tatum with 29 points. Jimmy Buckets with 41, nine rebounds. Going off. The Heat are looking strong right now. Did you know that Jimmy Butler... Was homeless at one point as a child. I think I did hear that Because story. apparently his mom thought he was ugly. Jeez. Right? That's why? Like, what a bitch. He's like male precious. He's like the male version of precious. Where his mom hated him and kicked him out. And All he needed is a set of white parents to adopt him like blindsided. He needed to get blindsided. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock and who is it? Keith Urban? Or no, Tim McGraw. He needed, yeah. maybe he needed, I guess he didn't need a Tim McGraw or he, Sandra Bullock. I know he did have a hell of a story coming up, and it's very, it's awesome to see. Like, if you followed his career, too, I remember when he played in Chicago before he wasn't that big of a star. You just heard, like, wow, this guy, Jimmy Butler. Like, when he was in Chicago, all they talked about was Derrick Rose and a few other people. But, man, he was just really rising up. And now, well, I know out of college he was, yeah, no, he was drafted were, pretty high. Yeah, I'm sure he was, but like I feel like he was kind of overshadowed by Derrick Rose in Chicago for a little bit. Well, who wasn't? Yeah, that's my point. And then when he left Chicago, that's when everyone's like, yo, Butler's. He went to Juco. He's coming from Juco for a Juco player. Dope. Then he transferred to Marquette, which... Uh, Side note, I don't know why I feel like sharing this, but... His birthday is nine days before mine. I heard that... I've read somewhere that the reason why babies are cute is that so we don't so we don't kill them and abandon them. Yeah, it's like, like so. if they were ugly, we just we literally would not care about them. No, there are ugly babies. The reason you think your baby is cute is for that reason. I think yeah. other people's babies are I ugly think all lot, the time. I keep my mouth shut, but especially I have little seen white some babies. Ugly Most babies. little white babies are ugly. Like, but all my nieces and nephews, I thought they were super cute. All my friends' babies, I think, are super cute. Yeah. And then I see a baby of a person that I don't know. I'm like, that's an ugly motherfucker. Throw that in the garbage. <laughs> you should have left that in the dumpster. I do get. I was playing frisbee yesterday. I don't. I don't hate kids. I actually like kids. But I gotta say, when I, I was like just walking kids. to the game, I like there's they had soccer practice, and there was just two. There's like a group of. Little girls just screaming, just, just like, <laughs> and I was like, at that moment, I was like, God, I fucking hate kids right now. Like, I Jesus Christ, they're just having fun, just screaming at the top of their lungs. And I was like, Oh God, I'm really dreading being a parent someday. It's gonna happen, but Time's moving ticking, on. Man. So tonight, who do we have? The Mavericks and the Warriors, game one. What's your predictions before we uh, conclude the NBA segment? Uh, I think it's going to be a fun series to watch. I, I'm expecting ahead. a lot from Luka. I didn't I'm think the Mavericks were going to. I'm on first-name basis with him now. so. Yeah, I didn't think they'd even make it this him. far. So I, I don't know. I, I'd i like to say the Warriors. I, I'm going to stick with it and say the Warriors are going to beat them. Probably in fucking seven games. It's probably going to go to game seven. They might take a 3-1 lead and then Doncic is going to fucking churn on his superpowers and just bring him back. Super Luca. Super Luca. 
And with the Heat and the Celtics? Super Luca sounds like the name of a, a La Liga team or something like that. It does. Super, sounds like a Super soccer Luka. league. I think the Heat are going to take the Celtics again. Again. Again? Mm-hmm. One more gain. Find it, find that it. That is correct. That's what I think. I think the Warriors are going to beat the Mavericks. It's going to be the Warriors and the Heat. That's what I'm calling. That is what... Those are my predictions. Warriors and the Heat. That'll be fun. What are yours? I'm going to say Warriors and the Heat as well. You know what? I'm going to spin it. Mavs and Heat. Okay. It's probably right. You... I, st- I do want the Mavs to win, but... Just because... <clears throat> I don't know. I think Luka's the truth. I think yeah. he's the best player in the NBA. And I think he deserves to win. You know, before we move on, I did Dude, see... Dude, I saw an incredible highlight of him... Fuck, I wish I would have saved it on here. He's dribbling up at the top of the key. He's got a defender in front of him. Just one hand passes it, bounce pass right through the defender's legs. Dimes it to, I forgot who, and then homeboy just goes up and dunks it. It was like the most perfect pass I've ever seen. We should probably acknowledge that whole feud between him and uh, Lil Wayne, and Lil Wayne was also attending the game. I guess he, like, tweeted. I think I think he just straight up tweeted... About Don Church calling him a bitch or something. Oh my goodness. What a, what a find by Luca. Through the legs of Torian Prince, Minnesota Yeah, right that was insane. Looking right at it. A little bit of Damn. hockey. That's probably his European hockey knowledge. Yeah. Where's he, he, where he from? Lithuania? I don't know. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. But apparently. Slovenia. Yeah, apparently Lil Wayne was talking shit about him, like, over Twitter. Just, like, we're just totally just dogging on him. And he was at the game, and Doncic was just training threes, breaking ankles, and just shitting all over the Suns. Just running the game. Like, this is my court. And Lil Wayne, would just every now and again, the camera would pan to Lil Wayne. It's like, why do Why even do that? that young money? Why, why embarrass yourself? Don't tweet about it. Uh, I mean... Well, don't, like... I just feel like you're setting yourself up to get Spike lead. What do you mean by that? Remember when Spike Lee was talking shit about someone? In the I can't remember what it was. Tell your team which. Uh, remember when he was like talking shit and the guy, someone, some player was like just draining threes and looking at him every time. Oh, I remember. Uh, God damn it! Who? Who was it? Somebody. Kevin Hart was talking trash to somebody, and then they just went off and they were like. Go tell go Kevin or he, yeah it was someone versus Seventy Sixers and Kevin Hart's courtside yeah I forgot who he said it to but he was talking trash to somebody and that person he was talking trash to maybe LeBron that person he was talking shit to just went off and won the game for him and he's like goes up to Kevin Hart he goes go tell your team what you did to him Kev go <laughs> tell your team what you just did to him I forgot who it was though see I wouldn't I would just fucking shut up and enjoy the game that concludes our NBA segment. Up next, we're going to talk about Major League Baseball. Starting off, this is a little, like I said, we didn't publish an episode Monday, so this is a little old news, but Shohei Otani notches his 100th home run and the Angels defeat the A's 9-1. It was... All right. James Harden said that. It was Kevin Hart and James Harden. Uh, okay. Just, uh, case closed. Gotcha. He dropped 50 after he said that. 
Sure. And what do you got for us? You got a little fun got baseball a little story. Fun baseball story. Do you like the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I'm a fan of it. Who doesn't? A ticket from the game where Ferris Bueller's Day Off was filmed just sold at auction. Uh, oh, one geez, of the most memorable right. scenes in 1986's Ferris Bueller's Day Off takes place at none other than Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. Ferris, his friend Cameron, and Ferris's girlfriend Sloane. Pretty name. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I think I'm, I'm sounds stuck up. Sloan have skipped school to have a Memorial Day out in Chicago. A memorable day out in Chicago. I'm sorry. <laughs> it could have been Memorial Day. <laughs> I mean... Shout out to the troops. Shout out. Salute. <laughs> As part of their adventures, uh, they take in a Chicago Cubs game at Wrigley Field where Ferris catches a foul ball. He's almost seen by his nemesis, Dean Ed Rooney. Rooney. But Rooney... Grace! But Rooney just misses, just misses catching a glimpse of him as the camera cuts away from his catch. Now, at least one lucky fan has purchased a piece of that particular bit of history. Heritage Auctions, they do a lot of fucking movie auctions and sports auctions and stuff. Oh, sure, yeah. Heritage Auctions, in fact, they just sold a baseball signed by Betty White. <laughs> okay, whatever. And the dude who, and oddly <laughs> enough, the dude who made, wrote the, was the Charlie Brown guy. The dude who created Charlie Brown, whatever the fuck that dude's name <laughs> Real is. Real quick, pause. Hold on. Like, Resume. Hold that and thought. Real quick. Can you just imagine the moment where, like, someone's like, yo, let me show you something real quick. And they go to grab a baseball, and they go to show you the signature, and you're thinking, like, yo, is it, like, like this is, fucking is this, like, Giambi or <laughs> Look, dude. Dude. Betty White. Look, look close. <laughs> you, see, you see this little smudge <laughs> on this ball? The one and only <laughs> Betty White sold for five hundred some dollars off of five bids. So you know, go Golden Girls. Yeah. Now had it been signed by the rest of the cast of the Golden Girls, like Blanche Yo, and stuff. Fuck yeah, that'd be pretty tight. I'd 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 put in a bid, dude. <laughs> I would if I was there. I'd buy a Golden Girls sign. Oh, this is going to my grandma, my fool. <laughs> it's a great Mother's Day gift. <laughs> Here you go, mom. <laughs> Old. Uh, Heritage Auctions had acquired a ticket from where the game scene was filmed. Ticket ended up selling last Friday for $1,050. You know, there's World Series tickets that sell for more than that. God, dude. Some fans at the game held on to their tickets, and it turned out to be a good decision. Oh, wow, that... How long ago was that movie? 20 years ago? A 20-year investment? That's longer than 20, dude. I'm ballparking, dude. No, that came out uh, almost 34 years ago. That's 86. cool, man. I Google sometimes. <laughs> so that 30-year investment only netted, a, I wonder how much ticket cost, probably like 18 bucks. Mm-hmm. $1,050 is what they got for it. Game took place September 24th, the day after my birthday, 1985, with the Expos beating the Cubs 17-15. to 15. Future Baseball Hall of Famer Andre Dawson was the biggest star for the Expos, going 4-6 for six with three home runs and eight RBIs. God damn. I know. I saw the score. Jesus Christ. 17 to 15. 17 Jesus. runs. My God. Were they pitching that a day? slugging ball, just, dude. Was it just Und- All underhand. Ball? It was underhand day at the park. My God. Tickets to high-profile sporting events have sold for quite a bit of money in the past. Heritage auctions. Heritage auctioned off a ticket from Jackie Robinson's MLB debut for $480,000 in February. See, now that's a fucking ticket you want to have. Not to some. Oh, yeah. I mean, the movie was cool. It's a good movie. I so I think the person that spent that money first off 
they're well off. They're doing well <laughs> See, financially. What I, they're just movie. They're just movie nerds. They're cinema fanatics, and they want that stuff. I'm sure they're like Ferris Bueller is just really nostalgic to them, and they're like, Ferris, I want that fucking. Ferris ticket. Bueller had the day off that everybody, that every student wanted. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I did on my days off? Played video games, ate pop tarts, and masturbated when I stayed home from school. Classic. What are you gonna do? I gave. I smoked weed with my friends and played Smash Brothers. I didn't Brothers smoke weed in high school. N64. Played Smash Brothers. I didn't smoke weed in high school. Yeah. My hobby was, you know, jerking off. <laughs> got really good at it. <laughs> I, just I got think pretty good at it. The person that bought this ticket to me is probably this is. This isn't the first time they've bought a movie item. They've probably have a collection of it. This this is just something that they spent so they can guys, have it. Guys, the come collection. here. I just bought this at auction on Friday. This is the last remaining ticket from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm going to frame it. I have it right next to my Spider-Man mask. Yeah. Signed by none other than, not Toby, Mr. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> Some might say the worst Spider-Man, I think. He's a good actor, though, at least. Yeah, whatever. He stole Facebook from Mark Zuckerberg. Sure. <laughs> Well, while we're talking about baseball, let's take a look at the standings real quick. Just a, it's a long fucking season, but let's yeah, take these a look. games really don't matter. I just yet. want to acknowledge that the Tigers are still dead last. As the Tigers fan, our season is already over. They're doing, they are actually doing worse than they were last year. At least they, they were at one point. And you know what? Even since we originally recorded this episode. What, two days yeah, ago? Yeah, yup. They actually they fell to bottom. Bottom, they very the bottom. Se- they, they lost 8-1 eight to, to one last night. They get absolutely zero run production. Spencer Torkelson hit a home run today, and then Candelario hit a home run yesterday, and that's it. That's it. That's all, man. That's all. That is all the runs they scored. Candelario hit a home run, and then Torkelson hit his fourth. Finally. Uh... My God, it's just a shit show for the Tigers. I don't blame Hinge. I think it's the... It's shit on! Yes. It's the wrong one, Mike, No, you know what? This, yeah, this is the one I want. Our, I wanted that one. I think our GM, he's got to go. We got we to gotta take it easy on the sound bites. I mean, we don't overuse them. No, I don't want to. Let's fucking just kidding, roll them up. Our GM's got to go. Tigers got to scrap the GM. Hit, like, hit that rebuild button ASAP. Our, our manager... Hinge, is it Hinge or Hinge? AJ Hinge. AJ Hinge. He, I don't think he's a problem. I really don't. I do think he's kind of given up though. I think he's slowly losing confidence in the I'm organization. I'm telling you, man. He's making Brad Awesomeness look good. I really. This is for the yeah. fucking worst we've been in like. It is. Goddamn twenty years. I don't think he's got much to work with, man. It's he kind of reminds me of Blashill a little bit, just the situation they're in. I don't like who the we don't have any hit production. I guess you Dude, could fire the hitting coach, but Alavila has been the worst general manager he's a since he has since he's been in that tenure. Yeah, the only reason he got the job is so he could make sure that his fucking dumb dick son stayed on the fucking team. Yeah. Alav- Alex Avila. Yeah, I, I, I hated that guy. I don't like Avila at all. I think he's the like. I'm actually questioning the ownership right now. If they don't fire the GM or replace they just him. don't care. The Illiches don't care anymore. <clears throat> they haven't cared in a while. As soon as the Tigers, as soon as Papa so Illich died, they stopped spending money on the team and they just started using it as going on their yachts, just like revenue, going yeah. on your fucking yachts. The Tigers actually have a legacy in 
it, this hurts. Seeing him in the last fucking hurts. Look at this guy man. with his stupid fucking dumb fuck face. He's not doing shit. He doesn't care. He looks out of shape. He looks like he's sweaty. He kind of looks like he's. <laughs> he looks like someone who just wants the power. Like he just wants that role, just to have it, just to hold his power over everybody Dude, else. Dude, I'll tell you what, Kanye West said it best. No one man should have all that power. We're doing terrible. We're just, we're almost the worst team in the fucking league. The Cincinnati Reds technically are. And then you got the Nationals, which I find interesting because the Nationals won the World Series not too long ago. And you also have the Braves. They're not doing too hot. They're 17 and 21. They won last year. And I have this. Uh, 17 and 21 is not bad, especially no, when it's, none it, of these games really They actually, they can salvage their season. It's not too late for them. They're still hanging in there. But. I find it really fascinating when teams win it all and they just take that fucking nosedive that everyone always takes. The Dodgers, on the other hand, they're doing just fine. They're 25 and 12. They're leading yeah, the well. National League. Padres right behind them. Mets right behind them. And all of these the teams Yankees, have like. Surprisingly, they're 27 and 9. They're doing really well. Astros right behind them. Billion dollar teams. I'm kind of hoping for the Angels to have a great year and go far because they didn't do so hot last year and they have two superstars. I want to see the Angels. Like, I just want to see Shohei Atani and just make a run with him and Mike Trout. Astros just got far. beat 5 1 by the Red Sox. Nice. Well, I don't really give a I shit. I hate them both. Just, yeah. I honestly don't have a second team. I should probably find one. Just want to root for none of the Tigers are doing shit. I'm still a Tigers fan. Mine's I watch the Phillies. Them. I watch the Tigers just about every day I can. Mine's the Phillies. Really? Yeah. I like. I always like Chase Utley. I like the Blue Jays and the. Uh, I like the Oakland A's uniforms. I like the, I like the green and yellow. Whoa! Check this out. Red Sox fan at Fenway Park catches two Astros home runs in the same inning. Oh no way! Wow. Throw us both of them out away. Right. In other news, <clears throat> this is a big headline. Baltimore Orioles pitcher Matt Harvey suspended 60 games for just distributing oxycodone. Not a big yeah, deal. Yeah, you know, it's only a fucking Schedule 1 narcotic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why the motherfucker's not uh, being prosecuted <laughs> by the police. So... According to ESPN, Harvey's suspension is tied to his testimony in the February trial of former Los Angeles Angels Communications Director Eric Kay, who faces a minimum 20-year prison sentence related to the sudden death of pitcher Tyler Skaggs. So that's the guy who's taking the brunt of the prosecution right there. Which, supposedly, Matt Harvey has immunity now because of his testimony. You got We talked about this earlier. Tyler Skaggs passed away. Did and he Harvey now Harvey acknowledged while under immunity from criminal conviction to being a cocaine and oxycodone user and occasionally provided skags with oxycodone pills when he played for the Angels in 2019. See, that's why I think he got it was kind of known that Harvey was doing cocaine, he was having some uh, outbursts. I swear that I was talking to you before we started recording that Matt, I was telling you the rise and fall of Matt Harvey, he was like a in 2012, 2013, he rose to fame for the New York Mets. He became, like, he's a pitcher, and he became, like, the face of the team. And then he just started having, like, these moments. I thought he was, like, golfing. He had, like, a breakdown or something. Thought he was and, golfing? Uh, yeah, he was doing, like, some, he was at, like, a golf outing. He started having a fucking breakdown. Then his his career started declining uh, on the field, and now he's with the Orioles, and 
Baltimore. And then this is happening. He's also now he's tied to the death of Tyler Skaggs. Like Jesus, this motherfucker Christ, should be legacy. going to jail too. Well, he has immunity. It's I don't agree with. Is this survivor? Kind of, I don't know. Skaggs was found dead in his um, South Lake Texas hotel room on the morning of July first, two thousand nineteen, after asphyxiating on his own vomit. I just room. wish that Matt Harvey could be more like his brother Steve. A, me- a medical examiner later ruled that Skaggs had fentanyl oxycodone and alcohol in his system. Woo! Oh, so it was the fentanyl that got him. That I think it was. I like mean, choked on his own vomit? Yeah. Jesus Didn't uh, that, that happen to fentanyl, fucking oxycodone. Jimi Hendrix? I can't imagine. Just be like, you know what? I'm going to do fentanyl and oxycodone. I don't think he did fentanyl on purpose. Yeah, it's kind of mixing yeah, that shit and yeah, everything. Sure. At the conclusion of an eight-day trial in Fort Worth, Texas, a federal grand jury found Kay guilty on two felony counts, agreeing with the U.S. government that he distributed the deadly drug fentanyl and caused Skaggs' death. Sen- sentencing is scheduled for June 28th. My God. Wild. That's tragic. See, not even professional athletes are immune to trash people. No, they're not. Matt Harvey garbage person well on that note that's that's going to conclude our major league baseball segment we're going to take a short break when we return we're going to jump into the nfl you're listening to bad sports don't go away and we're back Let's dive into the NFL. Couple headlines. Mm, some of them are a little on the on the sad side. We're gonna start off with Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy arrested by Arapahoe County Sheriff's on Thursday. He's being charged with second degree criminal tampering with a domestic violence enhancer, which is a misdemeanor. Enhancer sounds like something that's good, but clearly not right? good. Yeah, I know. Well, it, it's enhancing the domestic violence. So basically, second degree involves tampering with the property of another with the intent to cause injury, inconvenience, or annoyance, like um, like uh, putting salt in someone's gas tank or yeah. uh, lighting their house. I don't know. That's not good. He is in jail, and they, it sucks. It's really unfortunate for him as a person. You hate to see it. He's a young talent. He's also a young athlete. You hate to see them fall into this lifestyle. I, I actually, I was really high on him. I thought he was going to have a great career. And I bet he cut her brake lines or something. Yeah, I don't fucking it's know. Like I'm going old school. Apparently, his girlfriend did come out and say that she wants it dropped. She wants the charges dropped, which you and I were thinking. Yeah, like, you, did you she, can't get fucking paid did if you're. She, she did can't. she say that or did they say that to her? Yeah, listen, bitch. Here's ten I million. Can't listen to me. We fucking need this. this is what you're gonna fucking tell say. you what. You were lying the whole time. Just tell us you. Tell me we're lying. You do a little Elway. bit of time. John Elway's on the phone. But you'll get bitch. fucking paid, when you're, bitch. We're like we just got Russell I'm Wilson. I'm gonna sink these big ass we teeth. We fucking need Jerry Judy. Yeah, definitely. Which that's the thing. I think it's. Go ahead. That funny that Jerry Judy could potentially be in front of Judge Judy. <laughs> there is that chance, I suppose. We needed this, the Law & Order sound. Bum, bum. Go, 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 I, go. I've always wanted, I do want that, though. All right. I don't know whenever we would use it. So, uh, I don't know, man. There's not, always, there's, you're always talking about 
criminals in the anytime NFL. Anytime we talk about like, anytime we talk about the NFL, someone's someone's we'll in trouble. That. Yeah, we'll, well, I'll add it next time. I don't know what his future looks like. I'm sure that the Broncos are gonna fucking claw their way to get him back. Um, with him as a person, I hope he cleans up. I hope he matures and learns from his case. I mean, listen, man, women do be Peterson. He women do kid. be crazy sometimes, so I'm gonna hold all my judgment. <laughs> There's been some women that I've wanted to clip their brake lines. I don't well. know what he did. We don't know what he did. I haven't read anything, any specific action, but he's in jail. I mean, technically, that could just be like I think slashing got, a tire. I believe he got released, though. I think he posted bail. In other news, another uh, disappointing headline, seven-time pro bowler Earl Thomas was arrested in Texas two weeks after a warrant, a warrant was issued. Former Seahawks safety Earl Thomas was arrested Friday in Orange, Texas, more than two weeks after a warrant was issued following his alleged violation of a court protective order. Police stated he sent threatening messages to a woman about her and her children. I kill you, bitch! (laughs) According to the Austin American Statesman, Thomas faces a third-degree felony for at least two violations within 12 months. God damn, dude. You're fucking rich. What are you doing? Can't tell someone you're going to kill him anymore? What the fuck? Yeah. Can't just send threatening messages to people? Um, so, former Seahawk. He's not the only former Seahawk that's in, that got into some trouble no, for some domestic stuff. Have you seen, seen, did you see the Richard Sherman video? I did not. I didn't, I well, not guess know. what? I'm going to show you. Oh, shit, dude. Oh, oh, I did right not see this. Here we go. Hello? 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 This is a ring door or ring camera. It's about a minute long. Pull it far further away. There you go. Oh, bro, and this is a fucking NFL safety, so that's a strong goddamn door. Open the door. Why the fuck would I open the door? You're screaming at me. What the fuck is it? Oh, come through. Is he trying to fight someone, or is he just tagging his girlfriend? I think it's his girlfriend's father was on the other side of the door as well. Why? Oh man, that whole street fighting cute. trick where you hold your hands behind your back—that's what like people do when they're about to fuck someone up. They like just stand there with their hands behind. That's not what back. I do. I'm about to fuck someone up. Does it all I usually time. cry. It's usually what people do when they try to look tough and when they're about to fight Dude, that's someone. Richard Sherman. He's probably pretty tough. Oh, I'm not saying he isn't, but... That's a strong I'm just saying door. when someone holds their hands behind their back, it's usually a bad sign. Dude, how fucking so, strong is that door? Richard Sherman, alongside his former teammate... Sherman. Earl Thomas, they were both Furman. a part of the... Uh, the Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom. I was going to say, like, uh, the legacy of the Seahawks, like, <laughs> now famous... Both, now they're both a part of a Legion dynasty, of Crime. The famous... <laughs> The Legion of Dooms. It's actually a, a, it's a crime syndicate now. Yeah. <laughs> so the Legion of Doom was uh, this famous dynasty for the Seattle Seahawks. They That's won, the one that won the Super Bowl. Yep, they were led by Russell Wilson and uh, Marshawn Lynch. And their defense was very dominant. Um, what was it? Uh, Wagner. What was it? One of, the, one of the linebackers. They had a ton of famous defensive players led by their offense, which is pretty stellar as well. But... Coincidentally, Russell Wilson has just left the Seattle Seahawks. They are no more. They are the Legion of nothing now. The Legion of, uh, God, I don't even know who their quarterback is. 
the Drew, the Legion of Drew Lock. That's what they yeah. are. The Legion of plenty of room for more players. So back to the Earl Thomas story. Thomas has not played in the NFL since 2019 when he signed a four-year, $55 million contract with the Baltimore Ravens, which, by the way, not that bad of a team. Pretty good opportunity, if you ask me. Baltimore released him in August 2020 after yeah, an altercation in which Thomas punched his teammate Chuck Clark during training camp. Chuck Clark does sound like an asshole also. But you looked at his picture and you said he looked like a nice guy. Yeah, he did look like a nice guy, but he sounds like an asshole. Which, uh, and see, the Baltimore Ravens are also famously known for helping their players get away with crime. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Ray, Ray Lewis. Lewis fucking killed a guy. And, uh, he Allegedly. Played, he put, no, he fucking killed a guy. <laughs> and probably him and the Seahawks paid his buddy off to take the fall. Call me a conspiracy theorist or call it like it is, I guess. But, yeah, Ray Lewis killed a man yeah, and so was they, dancing on field the next Sunday. And if the Ravens released him, I imagine it was probably instigated by Thomas. I mean, they didn't get – no one's saying anything about Chuck Clark. He looked, oh, Earl. I'm sure – yeah, oh, Earl. Earl's up to his old shenanigans. And, yeah, man, he signed a four-year deal. They released him a year later – he had a lot of opportunities. His game was not producing, though. He did very famously when he played for the Ravens. He got fucking sent into a, the shadow realm with uh, by fucking Derrick Henry. There's that famous clip where oh. he went to tackle Derrick Henry. I think it was either t- towards the end of the season or in the postseason. My God, this man, Derrick Henry, just threw Earl Thomas into the shadow realm. Man, it was it made headlines. What is the shadow realm? That's where you go when you fucking get forgotten. Oh, damn, dude. Yeah. and I don't ever want to be there. Earl Thomas, his career, not only like his performance on the field declined, but obviously his off-field behavior has not gotten any better. It's not looking good. And you know what? We're laughing and we're joking. I hate to see it. I don't like hearing about NFL players having these incidents off the field. I hate seeing them get in trouble. It also, they are people. I, I can't help but think about the correlation between football and chronic traumatic encephalopathy. I really don't like to it's think that, you know, seeing Richard Sherman just freak out and bang on the door saying, Come through! Come through! I don't like thinking that I maybe that's it's a result of the, all the contact he's taken to the head from playing so many years in the, in the NFL. God, I hope that's not real. But I'm telling you, man, like Aaron Hernandez, Ray Lewis... I mean, obviously yeah. CTE could so potentially fry your brain. I don't know. I don't know, know, if, I, I don't know if I got to this, but uh, with the Earl Thomas, I'm not gonna say what he sent, but he sent threatening messages to a woman and her children. That's, well, it wasn't. I'll say it. No, I didn't write it down. Oh, it was basically, he just threatened them. I kill you. <laughs> I kill you. In other news, we're gonna talk football now. We're gonna talk just Do fun, not. opinionated football. So, die, a couple of transactions. I guess before I um, talk about this one, I did... Cha-ching! Actually, no, I'm going to jump into this one. So just recently, the Raiders traded wide receiver Brian Edwards in a seventh-round pick to Atlanta for a fifth-round pick. Now, Brian Edwards, he's not going to jump off the map at you. He was... um, I don't think he was a rookie. He was uh, not a rookie. He was his second year last year. He was an up-and-coming wide receiver. So with him... Being traded, that means that um, the Raiders have. 
Oh, so this reveals that the Raiders' first five picks in their 2020 draft are now all gone. Now that they just traded Brian Edwards, that is all their first five round picks in the 2020 draft. Henry Ruggs was arrested, and then everyone else was either cut or traded. Brian Edwards was a bit of a shock. He did okay. I thought he would have been a good compliment to Devontae Adams, but the Atlanta Falcons picked him up. Raiders fans are embracing the move. They feel like he there's a chance he might not have made the team. They didn't think he could get separation and that he dropped too many balls. He also, when Henry Ruggs was arrested, that left the number one wide receiver role wide open for him, and he didn't really take advantage of it. Hunter Renfro, on the other hand, had over 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns, so he did well. The Falcons have him, and the Falcons fans are pretty surprised. They're optimistic by the trade. They like it. I have a feeling that he's he could still do well. He's really young. I was hoping the Raiders would keep him because with him, Renfro, and Devontae Adams, that'd be a pretty good core, but they got rid of him. And now, well, first, Mark, do you have any thoughts on this? Are you any? I mean, I don't. Their draft picks being gone, I mean, they still have a pretty solid team. So, yeah. I think it's surprising. Everything man. worked out according to plan. They they definitely uh, I mean, they uh, rebounded you, pretty well with Devontae Adams. You don't expect to keep your draft picks forever. No, but that just that doesn't look good for your GM. The twenty twenty dude, that's not that long ago. Like, you want at least some of them to stick around. You don't want to lose all of them, especially the first rounders. Well, yeah, but in a draft year like twenty twenty, where a lot of them almost played no college football because of COVID. Yeah, that's a good point. So you didn't exactly know what you were getting, and no. maybe they weren't all in the best of shape. And like you said, dude. Sometimes it, uh, draft picks are like a box of chocolates. Jesus Christ. So Brian Edwards had 571 yards, three touchdowns, and he improved from his rookie year with 193. His rookie year, he had 193 yards, one touchdown. Terrible season. But he did, I thought he was all right. He had 500, like I said, over 500 yards. <clears throat> they replaced him with Keelan Cole, who has over 449 <laughs> yards, and Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs, who had a similar stat to Keelan Cole. So right now, the Raiders' de- uh, death chart looks like this for the skilled positions. They got Derek Carr at the helm, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake at running back, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Keelan Cole, Demarcus Robinson, and Darren Waller. What is a skilled position? Is that Those are all the skilled positions. Just everything that's Basically, offense, pretty much. People who touch the ball that aren't on the offensive line. Those are the skill positions for me. I mean, every position takes skill, I guess. It just, just seems kind of... about the ones that, like, are scoring touchdowns. It just seems not inclusive when it's like that. I know, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying they're... Safety score eh, touchdowns. Fine. I guess I could... I'm talking about the offensive skill positions. All right, well, okay. I was just asking. When I say skill, I mean the ones that have to run 4-4. You don't have to act like it's 40s. a ridiculous question. Hey, man, I played offensive line... In high school, so I'm not I'm not hating on the line at all. I'm not yeah, hating on the let's, trenches. Uh, let's not compare the so, two. So Atlanta's depth chart now looks like this. They have Marcus Mariota and possibly Desmond Ritter as quarterback. Not the not the best. They have Cordell Patterson and Damian Williams as running back. Drake London, they drafted him. And then Olmide Zacchaeus. I don't know who that guy is. I haven't followed him. And then and then Brian Edwards. And now they also have Kyle Pitts, who did well. Auden Tate from the Bengals, who's okay. He could be a surprise. Now, Calvin Ridley, he's suspended for the Falcons. But if he returns, well, he's suspended for the season. If he comes back in 2023, 
that could actually be a really dangerous lineup with him, Brian Edwards, and Drake London, and Kyle Pitts. That could be pretty scary. Yes. Calvin Ridley was suspended for the entire 2022 season for betting on games. I'm going to just run through this real quick because I kind of want to talk about it now. He will not be able to appeal a suspension until February 15th in 2023. And the fact that Ridley is... The fact that Ridley foolishly used an app to bet on his own team despite knowing the NFL strict gambling rules was... Just, What's even dumber is do it through somebody else. That's on him. He shouldn't have done it. It is do wrong it through for somebody him to else. do. I'll guarantee you he's a lot of players in the NFL gamble, but they probably do it through he ghost He shouldn't have done it on the app. That was pretty stupid. Well, how else are you going to do it? No one gambles in person, in person anymore. No, there's no. no fucking real bookies anymore, but you got to do it through someone else. Yeah, exactly. On the other hand, if you want to make the... I, I think the suspension was a bit... Excessive, definitely. Especially, especially the fact that you consider, um, well, he did sign a, uh, an eleven million dollar contract with Atlanta, which leads me to believe that the chances of him purposely <laughs> throwing a game to make money are just unlikely because he he already is making money. I wonder how much she was gambling. Yeah, me too. And also to put it in perspective, let's remember that the NFL makes hundreds of millions on their gambling partnerships. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's a little, it's an oxymoronic. Yeah. They're like, you can't gamble, but we can. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Goodell, you, think, do you, think Goodell's, do you think Goodell's gambling? I don't think he needs to gamble. Do you think, uh, Jerry Jones ever gambles in the Cowboys? Mm, I don't think he knows how to work a cell phone. So he's old as dirt. Yeah, and he then it, it makes brother. you wonder if uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or Patrick Mahomes were caught gambling, would they be suspended? Never, that never forget that Jerry Jones kissed his brother on the mouth on camera. No, never forget. Never forget that. Always f- remember, never forget. So this whole Brian Edwards trade, I think, could pay off for the Falcons if Calvin and Ridley returned. That would be a good um, combination. But I do want to. I did some research on this whole thing on what people think about Brian Edwards, and a lot of people were saying that they thought Zay Jones, who was like the fourth string wide receiver for the Raiders did better with less snaps and he put up very similar stats with less snaps and I looked into it that was a fun saying yeah the he got signed for like 24 million dollars with the Jaguars I just realized the Jacksonville Jaguars they overspent on everybody dude they spent so much money on some pretty questionable players they got Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, that I think well, I th- they're paying $23 million a year combined for both so of them. So here's the thing that I wonder. like, So you don't have uh, state income tax there. No. So could you not get away with paying your players less and being like you're still getting more because it's not taxed? Well, Like have so- they ever thought about that? So, I mean, only half of their – so when they go to – when someone – when the Jaguars go to like fucking L.A., when they play in L.A., they're severely taxed there with – the, yeah. With the Californians, which is like 30 fucking percent or something like that, which is atrocious, but that's for a different type of podcast. No, I think the reason why they overspend on players is because they're not very good and a lot of people don't want to go there, so they have to overspend. Dude, it's the NFL, man. Like, I feel like a player, as long as a player's getting paid, unless you're like Tom Brady. Hang on, let me try and find how much they spent. Spent on, yeah. Dude, they spent so many people, or spent money on so many people. Let's see. Um, I can't find their contract details. They went off, though. They signed a lot of big names. They could be good. 
They spend a lot of money in their defense, but they... God, if I can look on... They're set, they spent, like... So they spent, like, $23 million, like a four-year deal with Zay Jones. Which, congrats on Zay Jones. He got paid. Yeah. Which, like, him and Christian Kirk, whether you think they're good or not... Whether you think they're good or not, they got paid. Good on them. I'm happy for it. Okay, here we go. So, uh, um... Oh, shit. We don't want to subscribe sport track. Okay, so let me find. Man, look at all those zeros. What the? I got uh, while you're searching. (laughs) Okay, so Christian Kirk, he got a five million dollars signing bonus. Three's uh. 37 million. Marvin Jones, Marvin 5 Jones. million. Jamal Agnew, 2 million. If is that signing Z- bonuses? This is dead. Um, what is it? So, what am I reading? Signing bonus, base salary. So, Marvin Jones' base salary is $4 million. So that's not $4,950. Christian Kirk, $1,500. Uh, Jamal Agnew, $4 million. Zay Jones, uh, $1,500. $1,500,000? Cap hit. Is that yeah. what you mean? Okay. Yeah. It's like that's a difference between four hundred ninety-five thousand. One million five hundred thousand. Okay. That's a not that much. Chanel, one million. Leviscus. Leviscus. I'm just saying, but like, so with Zay Jones, you're like, oh, that's not bad. Well, like, dude, he didn't really produce much. And he's like, not making much compared to other people. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to look at this. Don't apologize to me. Apologize to the viewers or listeners. Cash. I just wish I could see it. Apologize to the viewers. Yeah, so they they just spend a lot of money on players. Okay, so right right here. This is what I want. Contracts and sellers. This is what I want right here. So, Christian Kirk, four years, $72 million. Jesus! Cam Robinson, three years, $54 million. He's left tackle. You got... uh, Trayvon Walker, four years, thirty-seven million. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, four years, thirty-six million. Oh, by the way, Trevor Lawrence had more interceptions than touchdowns. Just remember that. Oh wow, that's crazy. Zay Jones, three years, twenty-four million dollars. Josh Allen, the linebacker, four year, twenty-two million. Jamal Agnew, who is was a special teams guy, three years, fourteen million. Marvin Jones, two year, twelve million. Okay. You know what I was saying about Brian Edwards and his his stats? Mm-hmm. Zay Jones had less, and he got paid three years for twenty four million. Like, oh uh, what? Uh, <laughs> what? What? Like, uh, what? Like if the Lions did that? Like I I liked um, Marvin Jones. I'm a big Marvin Jones fan. He's great. I think he's a very very talented wide receiver. Twelve million. That's actually he's gonna get some touchdowns. Oh man, I wish I could play that. Sorry, that's why I said it. Uh, that's reasonable. Paying twelve million, get a that's not, board. That's not can... bad. But they're paying Christian Kirk seventy-two million. What does he do? Years. Christian Kirk, what position is he? He's a wide receiver. He? He's like a slot guy. He was with the Cardinals for a little bit. He's he's all right. He's fast. But they're they're all God, fast. Dude. The NFL. He fast. Like I wouldn't pay him for seventy-two and say Jones. I hope he gets his opportunity. He is young. For the most part, but anyways, that's what I wanted to like touch on. A lot of people are talking about the Jaguars. They have a lot to prove, man. They're spending a lot of fucking money. They're kind of paying to win right now. So, <clears throat> all right. In other news, what else do we got? 
Raiders also made a splash. They traded their six-round pick, their 2023 six-round pick, for the Patriots quarterback, Jarrett Stidham, for their I, s- and a seventh-round pick. How'd you feel to be a player and you get traded for a pick? So they picked up Jarrett Stidham and a seventh-round pick for a six-round so they traded... Uh, like a six-round pick doesn't seem like it's... So they got rid of their sixth-round pick to get a fifth-round from the Falcons and a seventh-rounder along with Jared Stidham from the Patriots. So, so they gave away one pick and got three things? Yes. Why is the sixth-round pick so valuable in 2023 when uh, they traded away a fifth-round <clears throat> pick? Uh, that's another reason why the Raiders are happy. They're like, hey, this RGM just got rid of a sixth-round pick or a fifth-round pick. No, no, he got rid of a sixth-round pick for... A quarterback, a seventh rounder, and a fifth rounder. So, yeah, they're kind of happy with it. Damn, so someone got... Who was that trade with? The Raiders and the Patriots. Patriots got bent over. No, I don't know. I think Bill Belichick knows he what gave he's up doing. Three no, he just gave, no, he pick. just gave up Jared Sidham in a seventh round pick. I thought it... Okay, I thought it was... No, you... Because weren't you said Stidham, a fifth round pick, and a seventh round pick? No, the Raiders traded... Edwards right for a fifth round. The Raiders were they. They have a fifth round pick now because they got rid of Edwards, and then they got rid of their sixth round pick to get Stidham and a seventh rounder. Oh, okay. So they got Stidham, a fifth round, and a seventh rounder, all for their sixth round pick. Huh. So that's why the Raiders fans are like, "Hey, our guy's doing stuff. We like that." That also means Jared Sidham is reuniting with Josh McDaniels, who was his OC, offensive coordinator at New England. He's the head coach now. Yeah, it makes me wonder what's going to happen to Derek Carr. Maybe, um, I don't know. Derek how Carr I feel is about staying there. Josh McDaniels. He's not going dude. anywhere. Stop saying that. Well, he got, why did he get he's not going anywhere. Maybe he's just they a just glorified gave backup. Stidham is not, is not going to be a starter anytime soon. I don't know how I feel about Josh McDaniels. He's offensive mind, but. He's a young, younger. I just don't know how I feel about him. I don't know if I like what he's gonna do. You don't uh, have to like it. You're a Lions fan. I like. The, I want to see the Raiders do well. I like Derek Carr. Also, <laughs> now that I was talking to you, um, so Zay Jones, by the way, I know how he's getting that massive contract. Everyone was talking about how, like, Derek Carr gets people paid, dude. He got Amari Cooper paid. He well, got Amari Crabtree. Talent paid. he getting paid? I don't. Uh, he did really well with the Raiders. He got him paid. Uh, Zay Jones, he played for Derek Carr, got his payday. It's just like when players play with Derek Carr, they just hit a payday afterwards. Michael Crabtree, Amari Cooper, Zay Jones. Um, God, if there's a few more I can't think of. Oh, uh, Nelson Aguilar. He got a huge payday with the Patriots after he played for the Raiders. Like, It's just... Good on him, man. I want to see Derek Carr succeed. I know I was dogging on him uh, in the beginning of the podcast, but... Yeah, in other news, Jarvis Landry is on track to sign with the New Orleans Saints. He will join Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Marquez Callaway, and Alvin Kamara. Led by Andy Dalton. Besides the fact that they have uh, the joker for a quarterback and a guy who steals crab legs, um, they have a really, I think... (laughs) And with a bad knee. I think, and with a bad knee. I saw a fun video of uh, <laughs> of Jameis Winston training. Like, Oh, yeah? It was actually pretty cool because it looked kind of unique. Like, they're running him around these, uh, what are the, the tackle dummies? Sure. Doing figure eights around the tackle dummies oh, all while shouting some type of numbers right here. 
Oops, mic bump. And the trainer's got boxing pads on trying to smack the ball out. Ducks, it does. I said ducks. It does look a little goofy. It does. I wonder what it the ducks. numbers were. I wonder what the numbers were. I, th- I bet you, I think what he was doing is sol- was solving math problems while yeah. moving around that. If I had to guess, they're trying to do something like with a, a mental training. Yeah. Or just something. You, ha- you have to be able to focus downfield and still yeah. be aware of your surroundings. It's about pocket presence, I think, you know. Um, I think, but also, besides the fact that honestly, I think Jameis Winston will have the starting job. It, oh, well, so I I said Andy Dolan's name first because I'm uh, just Guys curious on when Jameis Winston's health is gonna get back to 100. percent Andy Dalton easily has the best hair of any quarterback if in the he, NFL. If Jameis is healthy, I think he will be the starter. But I don't know if he's really earned it yet. Though Do you he had a good game against the Packers, but then he was kind of falling off a little bit. Before he got injured, I don't think he was doing too hot. Although you, you could say Michael Thomas wasn't playing; he didn't have anyone to throw to except Callaway. So, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Do you uh, remember Jameis Winston's win celebration, where he's like, "We're going to eat these W's," and he takes his oh, fingers yeah. and, he's <laughs> and he's like deep throating his fingers. I'm like that. First of all, that's fucking gross. Keep your fingers out of your mouth. He's like, and he's just like. Just deep throating his middle finger. Like, we about to eat these W hands. <laughs> like, Whoa, holy shit, James. He's like, mm-hmm. a what? And I was just like, that's he's never gonna live that down. Uh, yeah, so the Saints they have um they have Matthew, the safety. What's his name? Tyron Matthew. They signed Tyron Matthew, and now they just signed Jarvis Landry. If Michael Thomas is healthy, it's he gonna will be a blessing. Well. If it's, he's healthy, it's, it's a blessing. It's just a blessing. It's just, you know, man, it's just a blessing. Chris Olave is highly touted. People think he might be the best wide receiver out of the draft. Marcus Callaway could do really well. They got and a strong receiver. Camaro is going to be great. Saints could be on fire. They could be really good. It's going to come down to Jameis and Andy, man. If those two can get their shit together and eat some dubs. I'm going to start calling him Andrew. Yeah. I'm really excited for the NFL season can't come soon enough. I'm actually looking forward to it. I, I'm thinking about going to a Lions game. You want to go to one with me? Yeah, I went to one uh, Thanksgiving this past year. What? Had COVID, <laughs> turns out. <laughs> I woke up the next day, couldn't smell or taste shit. Damn. So I might have killed so some people. They're playing the Eagles week one, and then they're also playing the Commanders week two. I want to go to either of those. You want to go? I wouldn't mind seeing the Eagles, though. That could be a good game. Week one. I want to go to one that I think we have a higher chance of winning. I haven't seen them win in a long time. I haven't seen them win since Thanksgiving, like 2006. Season opener could be fun. Yeah, I guess, yeah. (laughs) Have you ever been to Ford Field? (laughs) Have you been to Ford? Yeah, I have. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the biggest building I've ever been in in my whole life. It's a beautiful stadium. It's fucking huge. It's a great You don't really know how fucking big stadiums are. They're massive. They're fucking huge. They're like... Airplane hangers, but bigger. When Diane and I went and saw them, they were like having a terrible year. It was with Patricia. 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 Dude, we had some fucking phenomenal seats at the lower level. And it was really cheap, dude. Now those are like, they were even, they weren't even good last year and those were, they were still pretty expensive. Um, Yeah, I think that there's something about 
like Ford Field, if it was empty, is so massive, it could form rain clouds. <laughs> like some plane, some airplane hangers and stuff, they can form, they have an atmosphere up there where they trap moisture, and it will rain from inside of the airplane hangar. I have to look into that. Do it, dude. I, it could be a true fact that I made up, but. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not qualified to really question you right now, but as for right now, I'll call bullshit and then I'll look into it. <laughs> don't just don't look into it. <laughs> I think you're, you're full of shit. That is all we have for the NFL. We're going to jump in. We're going to sidestep into some college football news. We're going to talk about Oklahoma landing a commitment from Tyler junior college, <laughs> the quarterback general booty, general booty. Booty will have three years of eligibility remaining General's for the Sooners. He was not highly touted coming out of high school, but he had a he had a breakout year in Allen, Texas, where he threw for three thousand one hundred fifteen yards and twenty five TDs. Dad gum, <laughs> that General Booty at it again. <laughs> you think his middle name's Lee General Lee oh, Booty? I like that. <laughs> that just sounds like something you'd hear in Mash, like. Son, why don't you go down to the infirmary and go see General Booty? So he had 25 TDs, but in just one game against Navarro, last October he threw for 528 yards and 18 touchdowns. Which they kind of makes you got to work I, on that. Yeah, I'm questioning <laughs> how good he is because, dude, the 500 of those yards and eight touchdowns came off one game. My God. Yeah, who are they playing? Fucking Navarro. That's Union actually High the, School? That's the college that's in that Cheer documentary. Oh. I know it because I've watched it. Yeah, I watched Cheer as well. It's a good documentary, actually. Yeah, it's not bad. It's actually, it's for There's me. There's lots of nice butts. Someone who's uh, an aspiring coach. There's lots of nice, generally quite, speaking, there's lots of nice booty. <laughs> in general. <laughs> in general, uh, there's a lot of nice booty. The coach is real in the documentary uh, Cheer was actually really inspiring. She did uh, one of those guys around. on Cheers. But I remember that Navarro, Texas. That's he played against them and fucked them up. So we'll see. I know that it's a big deal. That's a big deal for the Sooners because with this uh, transfer portal, a lot of players they lost uh, their coach to USC, the former Sooners coach, and a lot of players flocked to USC. I mean, we're talking like. The best wide receivers are moving to USC. They're getting the best quarterbacks. I want to say, dude, one of the top wide receivers at Pitt is going to the USC now. Go ahead. The man's full name is General Axel Booty. What? I thought we said it was no, no. I'm looking it up, and it says. Axel, uh, Jesus Christ. General Booty became a pretty big hit on the recruiting trip for the 2021 class, and yep, that is, is is indeed his real name. My dad, my family has always been fascinated with the military. They're fucking, I'm sorry, man, but your parents are fucking dumb. I thought we found you. No, I thought it was too. Hang on, let me try and. But now it's saying it's his real name. General Booty. I'm a little worried to see what's just going to come up first. My dad, my family has always been fascinated with the military. Hang on. Hang you know on. what? We 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 got some decisions to make. It's either gonna be Lieutenant Booty, General Booty, or Lance Corporal Booty. General, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> General and his brother Admiral. General. And then his his sister Sarah. Like <laughs> it's like if you're gonna go, you can't just name one like that. If his you sister. Gotta... His sister. Fat ass booty. <laughs> 
for the for the ass. Thick booty. They just <laughs> thick with like three C's. Thick booty. Imagine your last name being booty and you have like negative booty. Like you have like no butt. It's a curse. It's, I, you'd be like, it's your name is an oxymoron. Hang on. Let me see if it, a real name. Yeah, that that's can't a. can't be his real fucking name, dude. I'm telling you. General Booty. I'll just call him Gene. Gene Booty. His full name is General Axel Booty. Uh, You're right. Damn. General Axel Booty. Why, why Axel? That was just, that doesn't even like... Maybe they life. also liked Guns N' Roses. That's <laughs> shit rednecks do, like military and Guns N' Roses. I'm on my way, home sweet home. Motherfucker, that's Motley Crue, bitch. <laughs> that's Motley Crue. You call yourself a musician, and you think home sweet home is fucking... And you think home sweet home... I do that all the time. I fuck up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, no, I'll take the L. I'll take the L on that one. One time, <laughs> listen to Guns and Roses. <laughs> I'm on my way. No, dude, you're thinking of That's fucking. That's actual. That's Guns and Roses. I remember I was in the car with a Welcome friend. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> and he was talking about. Uh, he was talking about Megadeth. I love Megadeth. He was like, and I, and I go, I love Ace of Spades. <laughs> That's Motorhead. <laughs> he was like, you fucking idiot. That's you, Motorhead. Dude, they don't even my, sound the same. Get out of my car. <laughs> fucking Megadeth is Tornado of Souls. And what's that one? Uh, sorry. Sorry, everybody. Sweating bullets. I, I'm a singer, dude. I can sing. All right. Your, band, a, your band singer better watch out because I'm coming for his job. <laughs> That is all we have for football. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to jump into the NHL playoffs. And my God, we have a lot to talk about right now. Sure do. A lot to get into. Got a whole lot to talk about and an average amount of time. Yeah. Uh, Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bad Sports. right into it. It is getting late for us. We're recording this uh, Wednesday night. Let's recap the NFL, or sorry, NHL playoffs starting in the East. Florida versus Washington. The Panthers win the series 4-2. to two. Toronto versus Tampa Bay. Game 7. Tampa Bay takes it 2-1. to one. Tampa Bay wins the series. Carolina versus Boston. The Canes win in Game 7, 3-2. to two. The Rangers versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. I almost said the Steelers. Rangers take it 4-3. to three. Rangers come back from a 3-1 deficit in the series to win it in Game 7. Nice. Jumping to the West. Colorado versus Nashville. We already know the Avalanche crushed the Predators. Minnesota versus the Blues. The Blues, excuse me, they take Game 6, win 5-1, to one, winning the series. Edmonton versus L.A. The Oilers take game seven, two to zero. Edmonton wins the series. I'm also really happy. I'm pulling for the Oilers. I want to see Dreisaitl and McDavid go far. 
And Calgary versus Dallas. This game also went to Game 7. The Flames take it 3-2. to two. You have, let's see, you had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 games. 5 out of 8 games. Let's see, right, right, 1, 2, 3, 4. Yeah, eight, five out of the eight series went to Game Seven. That's pretty. Cool. I mean, if you're a fan of hockey, that's very that's very good for the NHL. And now the matchups in Round Two: you have the battle for Alberta between Calgary and Edmonton, and the battle for <laughs> the battle, Florida. The battle for Alberta sounds like you're fighting over an ugly chick, a gr- like someone's grandma. Alberta, Alberta, I love you. Like I said, the Rangers came back from a 3-1 deficit in the series. That was very suspenseful. I thought the Penguins were going to shut them out. I did say they were. I was wrong about that. Uh, I did not see... I did not expect the Oilers to win. I wanted them to, but I thought the Kings were going to get them. Now, in the Flames and Stars series, what I thought was really interesting is the Flames won in Game 7. But if you look, if you read the comments or, like, read into what people are talking about in any of these highlight videos or anything, the person everyone's talking about in this series is the Dallas Stars goalkeeper, Jake Ottinger. Dude has been standing on his head. He was unbelievable. He was actually, he's a rookie. This is his first time playing in the postseason. And he actually wasn't even the starter. They had they went through a couple of goaltenders that were injured. I know Holby was one of them. I found a highlight reel of him in the postseason. This is uh, a fucking awesome video of him. Let's see. Back to the Flames buzz early in their power plays. Down the wall, Hannafin in deep, right in front, stop, rebound, Lewis, plays it back, Lucic with a shot, the flex over to Hannafin, back in front, back away, not out, here's Lucic again, plays it over, stop, rebound. Man, I always thought it would be so, I always thought it would be so good at goalie. But uh, apparently it's like a something you have to practice your whole life at. So that last play was just absolutely suspenseful. He did so much moving. Was that on overtime, too? I don't know. I just know that was in the series. Because they went to overtime in the yeah. final he game. Yeah, he had a 60-save ga- game. 60-save game in one of the games in the series. Jake Ottinger, his, everyone knows his, his name now. Everyone knows who he is. Even in the uh, post-press conference after Game 7, the coach... Daryl's, uh, I want to say his Daryl's son, the coach for the Flames was asked about him, and he just straight up said he was hands down the best player in the series. I mean, this guy earned so much recognition. He, like I said, was not even the starter in the beginning of the season. He goes out there and just, and the Flames are amazing. Like, they they peppered him. Their def- the Stars' defense kind of sucks, but the Flames were just shot after shot after shot. They were just peppering him. And honestly, you could make the argument he's the only reason it went to Game 7. He's the only reason the Stars were in it. And I'm happy to see that. I feel like we're making that transition into, like, the new era of goaltenders. You know what I mean? Like, Gary Price is getting up there in age. Um, you don't have the bro-doers anymore. You don't have, like, I can't even name it. Like, 
the Red Wings. What's that Red Wings goal? I can't remember. Oh, it's good. good. Hashik. No, no, yeah, the, the wow. one Jimmy Howard. Like oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Howard's Howard. gone. I'm not saying like he's like a legend, but like I mean, he's a legend in Detroit. He had a couple good teams. Yeah, I'm just saying like there's a like it's. I'm excited to see this new generation of goalies coming up. Um, you just we're making that transition. We're starting to see the the next best, and like this is the first time. Some people said this is like one of the best. Goalie performances they've seen in a while, and like this oh, is yeah. what I'm waiting throughout for. the whole series. I mean, they lost. It's kind of bittersweet, but you can you can only do so much as a goalie. I know. Um, I do like Shesterkin. 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 for the Rangers. He's very solid. Yeah. So let's. Um, that was round one. Let me check out what we got now. Like I said, uh, they had game one last night. Right now, the Rangers and Hurricanes are in overtime. Wow, a tied 1-1. That's going to be a solid s- series, Rangers and the Canes. The Rangers, uh, obviously, you can't count them out. The I mean, even if they're down 3-1, I think they're still going to fight. But the Canes, they're another team I'm rooting for. I want to see them go far. You don't really hear about them much, let's say, Tuesday night. No, oh, yeah, I was just going to say, they've, you, I almost, you, I don't, I'm pretty sure they've never won a Stanley Cup. I'm pretty sure they have. Oh, we, we talked, talked about, about this. Before. Yeah, they have. Yeah, we talked about it. So the Lightning defeated the Panthers four to one in Game One in the series for the Battle of Florida. I, you know, it was really close up to the third a period. Battle. With it you. was one to one until the third, and um, the Panthers did have a goal, a goal called back, which it seemed a little shady. And then right after that, the Lightning just scored a bunch of power play goals. Kudrov had a goal and an assist. Vasilevsky was on fire. He had 33 saves. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be over. I think the Panthers are going to be churned up. The Panthers, I'm predicting that they're going to, they're going to, they're going to fight the Lightning. They're going to bring it to Game Seven. I don't think they're going to go down sleeping. They're not going to go down easy. They've had such a legendary, the best season in franchise history for the Panthers. They're not going to get. Swept by the Lightning. I'm calling that now. I think they're going to bring it to Game 7. The Avalanche defeated the Blues 3-2 in overtime, which I was excited to see. I want to see the Avalanche get tested, and they were. The Blues put it to them. They tied it up last minute in the third period. Not last minute, but they tied it up in the third period. I was watching it for a little bit. It was, oh, my God, dude, that goal, by the way. So... I only caught the ending of the game, but I caught that goal-tying score. The Blues caught them at a, in a line change. So it was right coming off. Uh, the, the Blues were on a power play, and they were actually talking about how they have a great power play, too. The commentators were saying that they have a very dangerous power play. And right when the Avalanche got the puck, they dumped it, and they go to change. But they didn't realize that a defender, right when they went to change, he actually got possession of the puck. Did a complete 180, passed it straight back to a person ready to go. And then this, I can't remember who it was. A person ready to go. Uh, let me find his name real quick. Uh, to one of his players, one of the forwards. And he, and then the Avalanche are scrambling to get the line changed on. And they got two guys running out in front of him. And he just deeks two. They didn't have skates on? Oh, my God. Fuck off. Oh, whoa. Dude, What's his that, name? Kairou. Kairou scored. Kairou deeks two guys, man. They, like, they are they were just overcompensating for being behind in the, for the line tiny change. Dicks. Overcom- oh, no, sorry. 
They were just rushing. They ran into each other, and he just fucking toe-dragged them, dude. It was beautiful, and they fucking sniped Oh, it. dude, I did see that goal today. It was That shit was beautiful. awesome. It was I like saw a toe-drag. The defender had his stick on it, but he, like, yeah. pulled it through his stick and got a handle back on it again. I thought that pass was unbelievable, dude. Like, they thought they, thought they had the... Um, what's it called when you just throw the puck down? Like, they thought they had the clear... But that fucking defender just got the puck and just on a dime just spun around and passed it to Cairo. Cairo Deeks, two guys. Oh my god, it was unbelievable at the tie. They unfortunately lost. I think this game one is a foreshadowing for a very tight series. The Blues, you know, let's remember the Blues did win the Stanley Cup not too long ago. They're not a team to overlook. They're gonna give they're gonna give it all against the Avalanche. Very exciting. And uh, that is all we have for the NHL. That concludes our hockey segment. Up next, we're going to talk about the creator clash. So you and I watched it a little bit. We didn't watch every single fight, but we did watch a lot of them. I thought... I, I love... Uh, I love amateurs that just get in the, that just get in the ring. Or people, people who have no business boxing. Yeah. And so a lot of these dudes, you can tell, have clearly probably never been in a fight that wasn't through a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And then some have. Like, you're, a lot of these, like so, we're about to watch with this fucking of abuse so that this man put on this child. The story behind this is that I-dubs, if I'm correct, supposedly he was having a feud with um, Rice Gums, and they wanted to box, and then Rice Gums backed out, and then Idubs just went ahead and made this event anyways and decided to donate the profit to charity. And I, Idubs says, I think he's a genuine guy. I don't think he'd scam anybody. I, I think he genuinely donated this to charity. Well, so he got a lot receipts of, for that. That also happened. shows why there's such a big turnout. It was actually quite a profitable pay per view, and he had a lot of people come together and fight. And it was just a fun boxing charity event hosted at the Yangling Center at USF campus in South Florida which I was wondering what a funny thing that's my favorite beer favorite like draft beer my favorite but it's one of my favorites but I just think it's funny that a college campus they're totally sponsored by Yanglings like they don't give a fuck they probably don't even I don't even think they're allowed to serve alcohol on college campuses I don't know but I think it's kind of weird that they're named the Yangling Center in South Florida oh well they're playing hockey there right no it's the Basketball. It's oh, I'm sorry. South I'm sorry. Florida. Well, I thought, Main I thought, campus. I thought, uh, I thought we were still talking Your about Your 18-year-old could go there. <laughs> could be playing there. Could be playing volleyball at the Yangling Center. So, first match was Dad versus Matt Watson. Dad defeated Matt by TKO. In fact, I got this video pulled up. Let's watch and it And this is quick. straight up abuse. This is something that upsets me. This is the first one I showed you. You were pissed off by it. Yeah, dude. Like, first of all, Dad is an old man, so I'm sure he's been in some fights. And this dude who's got, once I saw that he had daddy tattooed on his chest, that kid's... Matt Watson. Matt Watson seems like a king douche, so I don't even feel that bad, I guess. No, but this guy, dad but, took a lot of headshots. Dude, he just Sorry, gave a lot of headshots. Beat the shit out of him. Just left, right, left, right. He's not, he's not even really defending himself. You see dad's come over just flopping around. Look at that. He doesn't, he doesn't want to be in there. That was fucking ridiculous. And he's proud of himself. Matt, well, I am going to say that Matt Watson probably Unless did he's not train. putting on a show he and just not, acting he like He just it. took, look, he's smiling. He was like, wow, I did not expect that. 
Nobody did. Don't be fucking proud. You beat up on a nerd. I don't even think He's that daddy chest up. on his tattoo is real. I don't chest, think it is real. I don't think it's real. Dude, he went out there. That was a pretty cool boxing day. So. He did. He knew he, he was going to beat up on that. He just took, he was just kid. throwing headshots out. I'm about to give this dude some CTE. He fucking hit him in the gut, and Watson dropped, and then bam, right in the chops. So, I'm a big H3 fan, and they had a producer, AB, on. He fought. But before I get to that, let's talk about the card. Ryan McGee versus Alex Ernst. Alex Ernst won. Internet Common Etiquette versus DJ Welch. DJ Welch won by TKO. Yodeling Haley versus Justin Minx. Justin Minx won by TKO. Some of these names are just I'm going to take a guess. Say that. Yodeling Haley. Does she yodel? (laughs) I don't know. I kind of want to look that up. Watch the highlights of it. Like Um, the little yodel kid? You know, I've been told that I look like the... You remember yodel kid? I'm just going to get to this. So I don't really care. But the Michael Reeves and Graham Stephan won. That was a good fight. Michael Reeves won by TKO. So AB from H3, he fought Hundar. And Hundar won by TKO. That was a really uh, Hundar's f- a big motherfucker. He probably had one of the better. He had really good form, I thought. And he paced himself really well. He didn't look gassed like a lot of them did. But as you know, you know how we're at, we're at boxing experts here. We, I did notice that a lot Dude, of these probably guys... The, we probably know more about boxing than, like, any other podcast. A lot of them just kept their hands down, man. I'm yeah, just dude. like, Jesus Christ, put your fucking hands up. And a lot of them just did not move their feet. AB was really tired. You could tell they didn't know how to pace themselves either. They're just fucking swinging for the bleachers. AB did have a moment where he got knocked down, and then he got back up, and then he knocked Hundar, Dar, Hundar, Hundar down. He knocked Hundar down like shortly after. That was like the highlight of the match. Then eventually they called it because at one point AB was just his arms were down and he was not defending himself. He didn't get knocked out, knocked out, but it was safe that they called it. That was a good, smart decision by them. Uh, epic meal time, Harley. He uh, he faced Aaron Hansen. He won by knockout. And then shortly after the match, he called out Doctor Disrespect. It seemed like a genuine, friendly challenge. Which I kind of oh, want to see disrespect, Dr. Disrespect in the ring. That I think I confused Hundar with Harley. Because Harley is the big six foot six guy, right? Yeah, he's big. Yeah, he called out Dr. Disrespect. That would be a fun match. They both probably Dr. Make Disrespect ain't got no time for that. No, he's too busy making Dr. Disrespect is the only, I mean, he was the only one who's been an actual athlete. Yeah, I believe it. He's tall as fuck. Well, no, he played professional basketball. I believe it. He's also a professional no, he, game developer, too. Yeah, don't say you believe it. It happened. I believe it's it. factual. It <laughs> happened. He's six eight. He's You're jacked. probably right. <laughs> he's six eight. He's jacked. I liked. Uh, I dude. I fucking love Doctor Disrespect, man. He's one of the best streamers in the world. He's and he's like popular. so like cool. He's fucking funny. I remember. He cheats on his wife. Does he? Yeah, he did that. He did that. He's I, so cool. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. So what? Maybe his wife's a fucking bitch. You don't no, know. No, I'm just. I'm did not, he cheat on his wife? He had a very big apology video where he admitted it. I was just, just like, Dang, just trying to, to make that. play fun. I'm sure out. he is a good guy. Uh, I remember one time he was talking about, someone commented on his thing, and he was like, wow, you guys will pay $20 to play one match with a millionaire. And Dr. Disrespect goes, millionaire, multi-millionaire. I was like, yeah, that's fucking funny. That's good, yeah. And I think you mean multi-millionaire. Yeah, multi. Got a Lamborghini in my garage. That'd be nice. Yeah. I think I'd go rather have a Ferrari or an Aston Martin. 
Aston Martin's really... Hmm. James Bond. Uh, the main event was I-Dubs versus Dr. Mike. And to be honest, I didn't even recognize Dr. Mike in the match. I didn't even, like, I didn't really... Cause he, they always... <sighs> no, dude, he looks video, fucking... Oh, shit, my ice maker. <sighs> That's this just making ice, baby. Cold drinks. So, Dr. Mike, you might have seen him. He's that guy who does... He breaks down medical videos. Or, like, God damn. Like, can you explain who Dr. Mike is? Uh, yeah, Dr. Mike is a guy. Um, he's, he's pretty popular. He, he got a lot of... A lot more notoriety through COVID as he was kind of someone that people would go to with basic oh, yeah. medical questions. He did take and off the COVID pandemic. He what? He did take off. Yeah. The uh, we don't know if he actually still sees patients. Apparently he does. But he seems to me kind of like a, a turd whistle. He also apparently had experience boxing as well. Like a, someone was saying that he had about 10 years of a boxing experience, which you could kind of tell. It looked like he knew what he was doing a little bit. But I don't. I personally don't like his content very much. I remember watching a few videos because it just popped up in my timeline, and he was breaking down some scene from Scrubs. And without, he like he paused the scene, and then immediately was just like, "I remember in my residency," and then just started talking about himself. And I was like, "Damn, dude, are you gonna even talk about the Scrubs scene? Like, Jesus, I don't know. Just I didn't really care for him as a person. At least it's just it's just not for me. So I was rooting for Idubs in this match. He unfortunately did not win. Dr. Mike won by decision, which I think I thought that was fair. He definitely won, but I thought I Dubs definitely won the moral victory by surprising It'd be people. F- funny if Dr. Mike broke his nose, broke I Dubs' nose, and then tended to his wounds. <laughs> it's like I'll stitch you. I don't think so, man. Dr. Mike, I don't know how I feel about him. He seems kind of shady, but I Dubs definitely looks pretty good. He, you could tell I Dubs went from looking like a really scrawny looking guy with very he just didn't appear athletic at all. And I'd, he surprised me. You could tell he worked on his boxing. He was the only person I fucking saw leaning back, like actually leaning back and like using real uh, technique. He had a, he must have had a really good coach. But I didn't see anyone do uppercuts. I didn't see anyone do the ducking. Uppercuts and, a technical punch. It's not like a straight or a cross or a hook. It's something that. I, but no one like it if you like, don't throw it right, you may as well not throw it at all. I'm just, I know, but it just looked like no one watched any, like, Mike Tyson film. Nobody really countered at all, either, I noticed. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you just, there's certain things, like, it really makes you appreciate great boxing because it's hard to replicate, and there is a difference between an average person doing it Often and replicated, never duplicated. When the fuck are we going to box? Oh, fuck. Soon. We're going to do it soon. We just got, it's going to be cameras. our first, once we get our live video set up, it's going to be, like, our first video we put out. And that concludes the Crater Clash. Brilliant. It did really well, so I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again. But on to our bad sports moment. Mark, take it away. So... I don't really like the Yankees, um, but we got bad sports moment brought to you by the Yankees. Yankees cut their outfield prospect who allegedly stole from teammates and defrauded the fans. Jesus Christ. The Yankees considered Jake Sanford a legitimate hitting prospect who could hit with power and play both corner outfield positions. Among his teammates, however, he was known for stealing. 
sticky-fingered son of a bitch. Why? Why would you fucking... You played for the <laughs> richest baseball team. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I would understand if you played for the, the A's. And he was... He, the way they talk about him, he definitely would have been in the league. Yeah. Eventually. The Yankees cut Sanford over allegations that he reportedly hounded teammates for their equipment to sell online while also occasionally swiping it from their lockers. The person, sp- the person spoke on the condition of anonymity because he wasn't authorized to speak publicly. According Damn. to allegations on social media, Sanford victimized fans as well. Oh, really? While he allegedly sold equipment, he, while he allegedly sold equipment he could get his hands on legally and illegally, and illegally, fans accused him of defrauding them by taking money in advance for autographed equipment he oh. never delivered. The Yankees, who had been investigating teammates' allegations against Sanford for several weeks, officially cut ties with him last Thursday. General Manager Brian Cashman declined to comment on Wednesday. Another person with knowledge of the situation said Major League Baseball officials were aware of the allegations. Sanford signed with the Ottawa Titans of the Frontier League on Tuesday, according to the Associated Press. The Yankees drafted the 24-year-old in the third round of the 2019 MLB Draft, Sanford, who played at Western Kentucky University, was awarded $597,500 signing bonus. What the fuck? I was just about to I say, like he's not going to get signed again, but he just fucking did. Yeah, but it's the Frontier League. It's not the MILB. I don't think... I have a feeling it might be safe to say that he won't be seeing the MLB. I don't I see don't, why anyone... Why would teams take motherfucker, him? Motherfucker, did you not see what they just let Matt Harvey, Steve Harvey's brother, get away with? <laughs> Yeah, you're, that's a good point. Dude was I'd like to think the MLB oxygen. has high standards and they won't allow that. That's the Yankees bullshit. will allow anything. They're fucking Yankees. Okay? They throw trash on the field. <laughs> They're disgusting. <laughs> you know, I think he actually... There's um, definitely a I, fuck you in there. Yeah, there is. It's fucking awesome. It. It's my favorite one. I'm glad you like it. He actually embodies the Yankees quite well, if you ask me. Victimizing fans. Victimizing fans. Like I mean, he stealing from players. They should just keep him. He's he's very New he York. Should be, he should be their fucking mascot. Put his face on their hat. That screams New York. That's New York. That's the Yankee way. Oh, we do have a few more segments. I know we saved that for last, but we have a couple more, a couple more headlines to go into. Uh, oh, let's just dive into this one real quick. So. Breaking news, the U.S. women's national team and the U.S. men's national team achieved equal pay today. You know what? I don't know the details about it. I just know, I'm just reading the headline. It can't be equal pay on like all like, you know, ad ad revenue? Just for um, the World Cup. Uh, World Cup reward. Like the earnings. Oh, okay. So that's it. Right. Yeah. Which they, you know, which is fine. It only happens once every four good years. Good on both of them. I'm glad they're getting equal pay. Uh, I don't know how much to say about it. I also, I'm not, an, I'm not an economist. I don't know how that all works. I just have a feeling. The way I look at it is. Um, you're worth what people are willing to pay for. So uh, you're only worth what people want to see. So if people don't want to watch you, like there's a reason why, 
like minor league players like in baseball we we're just talking about there's a reason they don't make as much as like major league players because no one cares about the Ottawa Titans as much they no one watches it so there's they can't demand an equal pay with them because people aren't paying it so if people aren't paying then again I don't know the I don't want to piss people off but if the women's national team just isn't making it much because they just don't profit as much in general, I don't. If I had to guess, I would say the the men's World Cup wildly makes a marginally much more profit than the women's World Cup. What if in because of the viewership? What if to give them equal pay instead of raising the women's pay, they just knock the men's pay all the way down to what the women make? I'd be like, see, yeah. Now it's just the bigwigs making more money. Yeah. Also. I'm happy for the women's team, but I just, I, I'm worried we're just cut in corners and it's not a real solution. Also, I don't think the World Cup should be held in any place where being gay is a crime. That's another thing. I don't support There's that at all. There's a lot of problems with the FIFA World Cup They're not that doing I have, and it's not just about women's equal pay. There's a lot of things about it. With Qatar as well. well you know. They're just, what? what's the reason for I being in Qatar? Money? Yeah. Because Qatar's. Yeah, giving them a lot of. Well, in the FIFA are World they Cup let, is actually a plague. Are, are, Anytime they build a stadium, dude, it's always it decimates the economy, and that state they spend billions of dollars buy, on a stadium, and they never use it again. By some of these female athletes going there, they're committing a crime as soon as they land. According to the laws. According of to the Qatar. laws of Qatar, which, to me, like it's it's a it's a modern, the whole I it's like one of the most modern. What do they call it? Fucking, it's it's a super rich like metropolis, like Saudi yeah. Arabia, pretty much, mm-hmm. right? I'm not a fucking geologist or whatever you call them. It's one of the richest. I don't look at maps very much. Yeah, is what it's I'm saying. Where the oil's in the ground, they make that the money is in the ground. Literally. And like, they'll fucking throw you off a roof if you're gay. They'll behead that you. That doesn't. That does not seem like a place that should. I I am expecting the women's national team to boycott. Statue. I do not see them going there. And then guess what? Do they not get paid I, then? I don't know. It's kind of it's ironic that they're they just earned equal pay. But are you gonna go play? I don't think now? I don't think any I don't think any uh, national team should play there. I don't think the World Cup should be held there. Well, I remember when the F one was in Saudi Arabia, dude. Then they remember that drone strike that happened ten miles away from the freaking yeah. track. They were. A lot of like, but how many lesbian lot of drivers were just like, "Hey, why the fuck are we here again? We're just racing cars." Vroom, vroom. Like, yeah, but how many gay women do- drive F one? I'm just saying, like, it's all vroom vroom. It, yeah, you know, it's it's when you when you go into countries like Qatar who have very strict laws, it kind of we have very like, hey. strict laws about people that you can love. It's weird to me. It's just kind of like, man, should we really be playing a game? Here? Should we really be giving them revenue? Should yeah. we really be so, bringing? And speaking of F one, I did want to talk about my boy Charles Leclerc. I respect him, and I'm pulling for him to win this. Is his name Charles? Yeah, but the British like to call him Charles Leclerc. They're fucking. Assholes. And then when they when he, when he's interviewed, how do you say your name? He straight up goes, Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc. He says Leclerc. He says Leclerc. He emphasizes the seeds. Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc. And I love that, dude. I'm like, no, okay. Yeah. Don't gussy it up, boy. It's dirt. It's not Charles Leclerc. It's Charles Leclerc. I like to put an E on it, make it seem like Deer Tay. So he's the number one Ferrari driver. And Was, at least. 
No, he's the he's the number one driver for Ferrari. I don't care. I Science mean, is not. He's the number one driver. No, but I was just saying he kind of smashed. He's also car, a so. Monegasque, which means he's born native to Monaco. That's what they call them, Monegasque. It's pretty badass. Why not Monacans? Monegasque. Monegasque. He's the Monegasque. Monacunts. So uh, if you're born in Monaco and you you're like that, you're like literally was, a racing breed. I was That's, born in they Monaco. They have the most famous racing. I'm a Monacunt. Event there. He grew up. Racing on Monaco, that's his best track, that's his favorite track, and here he is, over the weekend, he was racing, he was just driving Nicky Lada's infamous 1974 Ferrari. Dude, you know what? I realized that, uh, I think that they designed Mario Kart's cart off of that car, now that you look at it. A little bit. Like, look at it. Yeah. Like, that looks like. Sure. Or what came first, Mario Kart? He'll have, of course, as the championship leader in a couple of weeks, and just enjoy what has become uh, absolutely. I mean, you talk about that boyhood is such a dream. that is a cool place. And, I mean, to grow up in Monaco and dream of oh, no, oh, I say that, that wall looks pretty cushiony. Goodness me, uh, poor you're saying, uh, has, uh, has the yeah, I can see why a lot of people yeah, died right. back then. It's a boy's dream to oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so he did okay it could have been worse it's not on fire he just damaged the rear wing it's definitely gonna need some work but it's just like you know that car he's gotta feel terrible and I'm not gonna dog on it because you know what it's a difficult track and I wanna say those cars probably difficult to handle and he's not used to it I'm sure he probably hasn't driven an old F1 car like that but that car for the history it's had and who has driven in it is probably holds more value than a modern day F1 car could be just because, like what do you have modern day F one car three hundred million dollars? Nowadays they're about a hundred million. Probably. Oh, so that car probably definitely holds more value than these new dollars. these new regulations. Just because of who's been in it. Just because of who's been in it. I mean, anywhere between a hundred to three hundred million. But this one, Nikolata, I don't know, it might be pretty close. But I'd it, like to see I'll, them it, race. Money these, aside, like, it's actually to be fair. I would almost say it's priceless. Because it's Nicky Lada's car. Uh, it's smashed. Though. You want to? You want to? I mean, you could put a price on it, but at the same time, there's a lot of people. Ferrari wouldn't put a price on it. There's Nicky Lada rolling over you in could his grave. Give Ferrari three billion dollars. I don't think they'd have the heart to give you their hey. Nicky Lada car. They're Every just, bitch has their price. Eh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'm talking on mass. I would hope that they have standards and they wouldn't do it. But Nicky Lada is a world champion for Ferrari. He's got watched the movie Rush. Great movie. He's Nicky Lada has an unbelievable story. I believe there is even some boobies in that movie. Yeah, there are. There's a little bit. Yeah, watching racing movies with boobies. You uh, got racing. Spe- you got fast cars and titties, bro. Speaking of racing, I did this clip is like going viral. It's of Colin Herta, who people might they're expecting him to be. There's rumors that he's trying. He's a really good IndyCar driver right now. He's American. A lot of people think he might be in line to be the next American F1 driver. A lot of he's really good at IndyCar. A lot of people want he did tests. He whenever there's like test runs, people get really weary because it's kind of like it's like a mystery. Like he was assigned to drive McLaren's car for a test run, which like everyone. So it's like, why do you do that? Why are you having Colin Hurd a driver McLaren? You know, what are, are you like testing him out, seeing yeah. how good he is, which yeah. is huge because. That would be the he'd be the first American in a while to get in F one, which would be great. But this is him driving at the GMR Grand Prix uh, not too long ago. This is a called a save. He was put on the slicks when it was raining and the track was wet still. This is like I 
check this out, dude. This is something that like will make the hair stick up on the back of your neck, especially I don't if you're in the car. On the back of my neck. Way to rub you it do. in. You do. I don't. I'm it's touching it right now. It's just small. <laughs> small. On board here to turn seven. That was Tokyo Drift. That was unbelievable. Here it comes. Damn, that car in front's getting squirrely drifting. Oh my god, that was hand work, that was footwork, that was everything he could do. All the Watch way this. on the lock stops, there was nothing left for Colton Herder to do to keep that car pointing. Ooh, is that the first time ever someone's ever drifted in Indy? No, but that's just a... That usually you spin out, man. He's like, fuck, 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 fuck. It's, what a save. Like, usually you spin out and what's, you're done and your race is over. What's the difference between the dynamics of the car of F1 and Indy? Oh, I'm not qualified to go into that. I don't know. You don't I have can't to really. Qualify. We're I, not qualified to talk about any of the shit we talk about. But I'm just saying, I couldn't really, I couldn't elaborate the way you, to answer your question. Wheel size? Different wheel sizes? Well, first off, there's a windshield. Uh, secondly, windshield and the Indy. wings are a little different. Um, I'm sure there's a difference in weight. F1's probably much lighter. Because I'm just thinking like... Thinner, I'll, skinnier. Wings are designed. They're definitely, they're definitely skinnier. They're di- I think they're, they're a little wider, too. Well, no, they can't be skinnier and wider. Uh, well, uh, F1 well, goes uh, faster. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what um, I should get? I should get that fucking... Uh, the clip of that wild thornberries. <laughs> oh, uh, Diane and I always give each other shit. We do the courage of Kylie. I love courage. <laughs> F1 for the for first off. Firstly, F1 is much lighter and faster. That's the difference. They're incredibly fast. Uh, their aerodynamics are probably stronger. I don't know. See, but what I'm thinking is, I'll bet you there's a lot of IndyCar drivers who, especially American ones, who could probably stick it in F1, but they're just not given the chance because it's already so overrun with, you know, European drivers and. British drivers that they just don't have, have the it. money either. They just don't have the money. To what form an F one team? To just get into Formula One. Why does this, why does a why does a racer why does a driver need money? Because money's everything. Lance Stroll, driver for Williams. Is it, so he could be a super skilled. Owned, sorry. Lance or Lance Stroll, his dad owns the team. Nicholas Latifi, his dad owns just about. Oh, every daddy's business. money. His dad owns just about every business sponsor on the fucking car um Lando Norris's father is a multi-millionaire Charlotte Claire like I said grew up in fucking Monaco his parents are mega wealthy he got, who's been able to afford him and his cousin were fucking drivers um a lot of people are the sons of F1 drivers Max Verstappen's dad was an F1 driver Nico Rosberg dad was an F1 driver um who else a lot of them are either grandfathered into it or they have the money to get into it. Um, there are a few, though. There's a few exceptions. Gasly's kind of there on merit. Lewis Hamilton, you could say, is there on merit. Oh, George Russell. His parents are fucking <laughs> mega wealthy. You uh, you are getting a little long-winded there. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Why Americans aren't an F1. A lot of people don't think they're that good either. A lot of The rest of the world thinks that Americans suck and the the usual trope is go back to your fucking NASCAR, your boring ass racing. They think we're hey, they they think we're dumb Neanderthals for just like loving NASCAR. Who says that? The French? No, everyone. Literally everyone in the world. Literally everyone except the U.S. who follows F1 because it's a global sport. They all think we're dumb, drooling idiots that just watch left turns. Which I actually respect NASCAR. 
and say that car. to my face. So they think that we suck. That's why I want an F1 driver. I want an American F1 driver. Yeah. I, I, I do too. I think it'd be great. That's, uh, that's all we got, man. But Any? I'm saying skill-wise. Do you think, like, skill-wise? Absolutely, dude. I think there's someone out there. There's a few. Yeah, I think for Chase sure. Elliott could be really good. He drives in um, endurance racing. He's raced in the Le Mans and stuff before. Chase Elliott could be really good. Um, I think Colin Herta could probably hold his own in F1. Uh, there's a few. There's a few guys that could do it. For sure. I'm waiting for it, man. I hope Andretti buys an F1 team. But is he American? I thought he was. Uh, okay, so he's got Italian roots, but he's he, you know, he's got. I mean, it'd probably be his son racing. He right? races under the American flag. If he if he bought a team, it'd, he'd probably have his son racing. Mario race, Andretti's think? eighty years old. His son Michael Andretti runs the Andretti team. Or so. They so have, his son Michael doesn't race. Nope, he's just an owner right now. He runs the foundation. And he, Michael would, doesn't have a son. Mario is the American world champion who's 80 years old. His son, Michael, runs everything. They have a world-famous IndyCar team that's very successful. They're trying okay. to get into F1 and buy a team. And if they do that, the reason why I'm saying that is that Andretti wants Colton Herta to drive for him. He wants an American F1 driver. Okay, so. cool. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon, but whatever. Any final thoughts you want to talk about? No, nah, man, this was a good one. We got almost two hours down. Yeah, wow. Thank you for sticking with us if you are here. Yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week and have a great weekend. Thanks again for sticking around. We love you. Goodbye. Love, peace, and chicken grease.